0: Time's already gone, then, eh? What a way to start a sermon! Um, I love—I actually do enjoy preparing the New Year's sermon. You know, like the first sermon of the year. I, I like that. I like—it's my chance to kind of go, woo Fresh starts. I love a fresh start. I can spur us on to works of good service. I can inspire us to and encourage us to walk the walk, talk the talk, fight the good fight. Say this year is going to be different. And I hope it is. I do I do love a fresh start. I, I you know, I was a teacher for a long time. I've said this many times as a primary school teacher, you know, you'd get to the end of the year, you'd draw your line, you'd draw your line, kind of bury all that under the carpet, and you'd get a new class in September and you'd start again. But not only that, you know, with, with teaching you'd get you'd get a, a new term three times in a year that you could, you know, so that's new topics. You know, it's a fresh start. You get new half terms. So you'd have had a break in the middle and you'd get a fresh start. And the truth is, Saturday couldn't come round quick enough. And then on Monday, you'd get a fresh start. And the truth is, those kids in my class, they needed a fresh start. I won't mention names, but some of them needed a fresh start every day. Some of them needed a fresh start every break time. Some of them needed a fresh start every hour. Some of them needed a fresh start every minute. And I love starting the year. I love preparing a message that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God. I love, I love that. So I don't begrudge anyone a fresh start. I don't begrudge anyone a new year. Many of us will need it. It is a good time to reflect. And it is... Uh, a time to look backwards. That's a time to look forwards. But it's not a time to start again. It is not a time to start again. C.S. Lewis said this: "You cannot go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending." he good, C.S. Lewis. When he good. I like C.S. Lewis. You might have picked up on that. You cannot go back and change the beginning. But you can start from where you are and you can change the ending. I want to say to you this morning, this is not a time for a fresh start. This is not a time for us to wipe the slate clean. The times and dates that we live by, they're, they're, they're a mirage. They're a fantasy, they're a human construct. We have set this up so that we can make sense of the world, that we can make sense of life. But the truth is, this Sunday is no different to last Sunday. Except that we were in church this week and we backslid last week. Because it was Boxing Day. The times and dates are of our making for our purposes. I want to say to you this morning, 2022 is not a time for us to start all over again it is a time for us to keep going it is a time for us to press on towards the goal it is a time to run and not grow weary to walk and not become faint to rise up on wings like evil eagles to stand firm to fight the good fight to take hold of that for which christ has taken hold of you that's what this is for so do we need reminding of that yes yes Every year, every term, every half term, every week, every Sunday, not a Monday, every day. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning and they are an encouragement to us to get up and get on with it. Let's not write off 2021. Did you see the PowerPoint? Let's not, let's not have a fresh start. Let's not just sweep all that under the carpet and forget that it ever happened. God has done amazing things in this last year. God has done amazing things in this last two years. God has done amazing things in this last three years. How old are you? Keep going. It is not by chance that you are here. You are not, you are not an accident. God doesn't do accidents. And he has guided your paths. He has put obstacles in your way. He has redirected you. You have done U-turns. You've gone up one-way streets in the wrong direction. Whatever it has taken to get you to where you are right now. Don't write it off. Don't give up on it. Don't have a fresh start. You don't want to go back to the beginning. Look how far you've come. Hello. You've come so far. And he who has begun a work in you will carry, will carry it on to completion. He's not done with you yet. And everything that he's done with you so far, he's pleased with. Now you might not feel that. You might feel like a bit of a wreck that the the engine's collapsed and yet you haven't got any petrol and the... The, the windy handle for the windows falling off i don 't know where where your particular vehicle's at right now, but let me say that it is in repair, and he has done an awful lot of work on you already. I want to say this: we will not go back; we will move on we will advance we We'll build upon the foundations that he's already laid. We will see the lost saved. We will see the sick healed. We will see the goodness of God in our generation. Even if it is a single hard one step at a time. We will advance because we are more than conquerors. Did you know that? Do you feel like a conqueror or do you feel like a clapped out car? Because this is what he says of you. He says you are more than a conqueror. He tells us that we have the victory. That we can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. And he has not just good plans. He has great plans for you. This year. This day. This week. This month. So this morning, I don't want you to, to bring you something fresh and new. I want to bring you something old and true. Finn woke up at, well, actually, I don't know what time he woke up. He woke us up at 6.40 on New Year's Eve. Because it's his birthday. Amelia, it's your birthday as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the best day for a birthday, is it really? Because what happens is by the time that you get to New Year's Eve, everybody's exhausted. And in our house, it's worse because like Saren has her birthday in October. It's like, yay, it's a birthday. You know, and then Christmas happens. In fact, Fit Callan's birthday's next. That's the 20th. It's like, yay, it's a birthday. And then it's Christmas. Yay, it's Christmas. Yay, it's Boxing Day. It gets round to Finn and it's 6.40. And it's Go away. Go back to bed until seven o'clock. So we did send him back to bed. <laughs> and he's not even he's not listening, he's out there with the kids, he can't even hear your sympathy. Shut up! Honestly! He's 14, he's not a little kid. He's bigger than I am. So I sent Finn back to bed at 20 to 7 on, on Friday morning. And in that time, when I was kind of half asleep, I said, God, what do you want to say on Sunday? Lord, what do you want to say? And the first thing he said was, give them hope. And I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> I like that, Lord. That's good. And you know when you're kind of in that time when you're kind of half awake and half asleep and you're praying and you're half praying and you <clears throat> And then you wake back up and you carry on praying. I got the whole of this sermon in that 20 minutes. And he said, you're in Corinthians... You've been in Corinthians now for a couple of weeks. Don't give them something new. Don't give them something fresh and new. Give them something old and true. Give them something that will remain, something that will stick with them. Give them three little words. And I said, Oh, Lord, that's nice. Three little words. I love you. That wasn't it. I mean, he does, by the way. He does love you. Those are the three little words that we think of. I love you. And he does. And we will come on to that in this message. But those weren't the three little words. I thought three little words. Lord, what are the three little words? Happy New Year. Nice, but no. Go get McDonald's. Again, wishful thinking. Um, some people think that God only ever says three things. Yes, no, and wait. Firstly, I want to say that's not true. He is God and he has a vocabulary. He is able to speak. You know, people, I, I, when I first got saved and I was told, this is how you pray. You can ask God anything and he'll give you answers. You'll either say yes, he'll say no, or he'll say wait. What a load of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. If anybody's ever told you that... Well, be nice to them still. But educate them, tell him he's God. If he's given you language and me language, he can say whatever he wants. Yes, no, and wait. They are three little words. No, it's not that at all. These are the three words at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not gonna read the whole chapter. Um, we'll come on to the chapter again as we go through Corinthians, but the last verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says this, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, if you haven't got goosebumps, I didn't read it with enough passion, and I'm sorry, but I've got goosebumps right now. These three words, three little words that are not going anywhere. They were true yesterday. They're true today. They'll be true tomorrow. They've been true for the whole of your life. They will be true for the whole of eternity. And the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. So let's start with faith. All right, I'll try not to be long. Here we go. The dictionary definition of faith. And in fairness to the dictionary, I think the dictionary did quite well with this one. Failed abysmally with the next two, but it did quite well with these. Dictionary definition of faith. Complete trust and confidence in someone or something. That's pretty good, isn't it? To have faith is to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. I like that. It then goes on, option two in the dictionary, is to have a strong belief in a particular religion. A strong belief. To have faith is to have a strong belief and to have a strong conviction. I thought I'll take that. That's pretty good. But what's the Bible say? Hebrews chapter 11 verse one says this. "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we don't see. Now you've got you've to weigh that.'ve got that's a big little sentence that is. You've got to think about that. you've got to what does that mean? Allow that to get inside your head. Faith is confidence. It means, I know this is going to happen. Confidence in what I hope for. I hope for a new car. I hope for a new car. Lord, let it, be, let it be a Rolls. Let it be a Rolls Royce. Please, Lord. Not that. We'll talk about our hope in a minute. It's having confidence in what we hope for. And assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. We don't, why, do we, we don't, why do we sing that? Can we sing that soon? Not next week because we're away. But the week after. Can we do blessed assurance? Blessed. Why is it always done in funerals? It's a great song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Have faith in that. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is having confidence in what we hope for, and an assurance about what we don't see. Now we don't see Jesus, we don't see God, and we'll come on to verse 6 in a minute of Hebrews 11. But we need to have confidence that he's there, we need to have an assurance that he is for us and not against us. And we need to have faith. We'll come on to it. Here we go. Verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Does anybody want to please God? Show of hands. Me and Gav. Oh, no, there's a few of us. Gav, we're all right. Those of you who still got your hands up, well done. Come on. Come on. Yeah, it's not this. It's not who wants to please God. It's not that. Let's try again. Let's rewind, start again. Who wants to please God? Oh, I broke my leg now. That was... oh. Come on. Well, let me tell you this: If you haven't got faith, you can't please Him. It is impossible. Hebrews eleven verse six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. Because if you don't believe that He exists, you're not going to go to Him, are you? Faith and believe—they're like twin, the twin words. We've talked about faith and believe loads. Okay. If you believe something, it should change what you do. Say it with me. If I believe something, if I believe something, it will change what I do. It will change what I do. You got it? If I believe something, it will change what I do. If I believe something, it'll change what I say. If I believe something, it'll change how I think. If I believe something, it'll change where I go. If I believe something, it'll change who I hang out with. If I believe something, it will change everything. Believing something in and of itself is irrelevant. We always give this example. You might believe that the chair will hold your weight. Faith is sitting on the chair. You might believe that the light switch will cause the lights to come on. Faith is going towards the light switch and turning it and watching it happen. Faith, Belief is believing that you, uh, a plane will get you to Ireland. Faith is going to the airport and getting on the plane and trusting yourself to be taken into the sky in a great big heavy tin can. Faith is putting your belief into action. And the Bible says without faith it is impossible... To please God. So let me tell you this this morning. Put your faith into action. Put your belief into action. What you believe will change what you do. What you think. What you say. Where you go. Who you hang out with. It will change the whole of your life. If you have faith. So I want to encourage you this morning with the words of the dictionary. Have complete trust. That's what it says. To have faith is to have complete trust. Have complete trust in God. Have complete confidence. Have complete confidence in God. It says that it's strong belief in a particular religion. Well, listen, there is only one God. Put your strong belief in him. Strengthen your conviction. And in the words of the Bible, I want to tell you this. Believe he exists. But because of what you believe, earnestly seek him. That's what it says in verse 6. They will earnestly seek him. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Believe he exists. Earnestly seek him. And get your reward. Please God. Believe in him. But act upon what you believe. Gain your reward. Jesus tells us this. He said, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed. In the old King James version, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. And the mountain will grow legs and take itself to the sea. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know my King James that well. Be thou removed. You can, you can move mountains with faith. Faith is more than believing in something. It is putting your belief into action. I believe in almighty God. Anybody else? What are you doing about it? I believe in healing. Well, faith is actually going and laying hands and praying on someone. How many of you believe in healing? How many of you went and prayed with someone last year and laid hands on them so that they would receive healing? Less. How many of you are going to do it this year? Double dog dare. Come on, I will if you will. He wants you to go lay hands on people and pray with them and see them get healed. He says, he says, I'm going to the Father. All the stuff that I'm, you're going to do greater things than I've done because I'm going to the Father. If you believe in healing, do something about it. That's faith. Do you believe in salvation? Anybody glad they're saved? And you believe the gospel is good news. Oh, hang on. We've got these again. Yes, gospel is good news. Yes, Dave. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. Yes. Don't make me put my hands in the air any longer. You're only going to get cramp in your other leg. Do you believe in salvation? Do you believe if people don't get saved, they go to an eternity without God? How does that change your belief? How does that change what you do? I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but how many of you... Told someone about Jesus last year. What are you going to do about it? This is life and death stuff. I wish that every one of you had to take a funeral. That's not nice, is it? I do. I have to take them. And being able to take a funeral for someone who has gone to be with Jesus because they are wonderfully saved. Is an awfully different funeral to having to do a funeral for someone who doesn't know Jesus. And I believe that. You believe that. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And having faith is acting upon our beliefs. Do you believe that God speaks to you? When did you last listen? Because it does. If you want to please God, you need to have faith. This year, let us act accordingly. Let us live differently. Let us have faith. Let's believe his words. Live differently. Next word is hope. The dictionary definition of hope is absolutely rubbish. This is what it says, hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. A want for something to happen or for something to be the case. According to the dictionary, this is hope. Fingers crossed. Let's just hope, I just hope it happens. Oh, I hope it's going to be okay. I wish, I wish, I wish. Let's spin the wheel and are my number's going to come up. Oh, I hope I get a chance to go to Bermuda. Oh, I hope I get a mansion. I hope I win the lottery that I don't play. The dictionary definition of hope is a bit hopeless. Yeah, right. But the Bible in Hebrews chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, we talked about this this morning already, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The hope that God gives you is not a fingers crossed kind of hope. It is an anchor for the soul. Do you know what an anchor does? It grounds you. It stops you from being blown away or swept away by the wind and the waves. An anchor keeps the ship where it should be, firm and secure. Or again in the King James Version, steadfast and certain as the billows roll. Why do we sing that? We've I tell you what, Redemption Hymnal Night is coming this year. We've got to do a Redemption Hymnal Night. I'm loving your face, Steve. <laughs> it's like Steve's poker face, poker face. <laughs> We've got an anchor. Our hope, this isn't our hope. Our hope, our hope is the promises of God. Our hope is we can't do this. He can. Yeah, right. Listen to this. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened... In order that you might know the hope to which he's called you. Hands up if you want to know the hope. Do you want to know the hope that he's called you to? Listen to this. He carries on. This is the hope. The hope are the riches of his glorious inheritance. So you have a steadfast and certain anchor from the whole, from the anchor for the soul, not the, yeah, anchor for the soul. Which promises you riches of his glorious inheritance. Hang on, it keeps going. It says, the hope that he has given you as an anchor for the soul. Promises you his incomparably great power. Same, same verse. Next bit, he says, that is the same power, the mighty strength with which he rose Christ from the dead. That's the hope that you've got. The hope of the power of God at work in your life. Hello? Do you believe that? Then you need to have faith. Because if you believe that, it should change what you do. Do you see how these words are linked? Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says this. You have hope of eternal life. Which God who does not lie. Hello? Which God who does not lie has promised from the beginning of time. Colossians 1 verse 27. You have Christ in you. Who is the hope of glory. Not only are you going to have eternal life. You're going to have a crown. You're going to be royalty. Romans 15 verse 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you. Hang on. You're like this. You're like this. The God of hope. You get hope, you get this. The God of hope fill you with all joy. You know when you get hope, you get joy. You know when you get hope, you get, I'm happy because I know I'm not in control and he is. He is my hope. He is my salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. When you get hope, you get joy, you get peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope. Who wants so much hope that they can't contain it? At the start of this year, I can tell you to wipe the slate clean and have a fresh start. Or I can say, guys, have faith. Believe something, live like you believe it, and have hope that you cannot contain, which is powerful, which will give you joy and will give you peace and will change the direction of everything and will be infectious to everyone else who's around you. May the God of all hope, let me pray this over you right now, may the God of all hope fill you. With all joy and peace as you trust in him. That you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord. Plans to. And not to. To give you a. Hope. You need to read the rest. I'm not going to read it now. But you need to rest and read the rest of Jeremiah 29. Because it then goes on about, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Yeah. To give you a hope and a future. I've already quoted this, being confident of this. That he who has begun a good work in you, listen to me. If this doesn't give you hope, nothing will. He started work on you. Yeah. He is the best mechanic in the universe. And he is going to restore you. He is going to get your engine running. He's going to get you going full speed. And he's going to give you airbags. your bags. Because it's going to be a bumpy ride. But he's going to take you on the most wonderful, wonderful journey. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says that we have an unswerving hope. It is the immovable object. He is the unstoppable force. When we hope in God, hope is like God is saying, I got this, trust me. And when we f- have hope, it's like us saying, yeah, God, you got this, and I do trust you. I put my trust in you. When we hope, we honor God. When we hope, we declare God's kingship. When we hope, we declare his authority, his rule, and his reign. We say we can't, but he can. Last word. The dictionary fails. Love. If this is love. I'm out. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. That doesn't, it just sounds like a wet lettuce doesn't it? Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. A great interest and pleasure in something. To feel deep affection. This is the verb. To feel deep affection for Someone. It actually has it in brackets. Someone. To like or to enjoy very much. And these three remain. Faith. Hope. And something that you enjoy very much. The dictionary missed it just a little bit. This is not what Paul is talking about here. You know there's four different words for love in the, in the Bible, right? We have eros, which is romantic love. We have uh, phileo love, which is kind of like friendship. Um, we have storge love, which is like a family bond, like a parental and child love. And then this is the one that you should have heard of. Agape. Agape love. And everything that I'm going to talk about right now is agape love. Listen, Paul, when he writes faith, hope, and agape that's what he says faith hope and agape love not faith hope and phileo love not faith hope and romantic love not eros love not storge love not not family m- mum and dad love for their kids not that agape love he says the greatest of these is agape love it is the highest form of love that we know it is unconditional love it is perfect love. It is pure love. It is the Father sending the Son to die upon the cross, love. It is the most powerful sort of love that there is. Faith, hope, and love. These three remain, but the greatest of these is love. Here's what the Bible tells us. First John, John 4, verse 8 and verse 16 says this. God is love. And that's why it's the greatest. God is agape love. Same word. Same word in First John as Paul uses here. Agape love. The most powerful love that there is. 1 John 4, verse 18 says this. It says, verse 16, God is love. God is agape love. And then it says, perfect love. This perfect love, this perfect agape love casts out all fear. All fear. Jesus said this, greater love has no man. Greater agape has no man than this. Then he lays down his life for his friends. And then he goes and does it. Proper object lesson. Then he says to his disciples. John 13 verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. You need to hear this. Agape one another. As I have agape you. Back to the dictionary. Like and enjoy each other very much. Do you think that's what Jesus is saying here? Give your life for one another as I've given my life for you. I'm nearly done. I want you to know these things before we come to an end this morning. Do you know that you are loved? with a perfect love do you know that let me say this to you this is a game changer yeah. Yeah, this is a real game changer it's easy to believe it for someone else right is God a liar no does he love you hello does he love you? So, come on, does he? Really? Yeah. Because this is important, right? You get a hold of this. He loves you. Not with a phileo love. Not with a storge love. Not with an eros love. But with an agape love. With a sacrificial, unconditional, most powerful love in the universe sort of love. Love that he would send his son to die upon a cross for you. That's how much he loves you. And when you get that this is about you and not just about everybody else, then that'll change how you think. That hope that you've got will become an anchor for your soul. And as you believe it, it will change how you live, what you think, what you say, and what you do. You are loved with a perfect love. You are loved by perfect love. It is unconditional. You need to know this. That when you know this. It will drive away all the fear. Oh death where is your sting? Oh death where is your victory? Worst thing you can do to me is kill me. I was thinking earlier about Obi-Wan Kenobi. As you do. You may strike me down, Darth, but I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. For those of you who don't do Star Wars, I apologize. But there's this guy and he's, he's about to get killed. And he says to Darth Vader, the big baddie, it's like, well, you can kill me if you want to. But I tell you this, all you're going to do is kill me. And then I'm going to become more powerful. Yeah. The Apostle Paul puts it better. <laughs> he says, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. I would love to be able to say that. And for it to be true. That's my ambition. In life. Begging it. To live is Christ. And to die is gain. Kill me. I win. When you know. That you are loved. With an eternal everlasting. Impossibly large love. It'll give you hope. Not a crossed fingers kind of hope. And it will build your faith. This morning, these three remain. And you need to take them with you today, tomorrow, this week, next week. Let it change your mind. Let it change your heart. Let it do you good this year. Write them on your fridge this year. Write them on the bathroom mirror. Write these words down on your... Get a tattoo. Don't get a tattoo. <laughs> Don't get a tattoo. It's a bad idea. Look, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Write these words down. I meant it, Callan. You are not having a tattoo. <laughs> Write these words down that every day this year you come across them. Because these three remain. Faith. Hope and love. Amen. I'm just going to pray for a minute and let us reflect for a moment on the truth of that. You know, so often we rush away and we've heard some incredible truths and we rush away and start going on with our week. Let them sit with us for a moment.